Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. Just a catch of strays over here. (laughs) You're in for a hell of a show. Keep the faith. Hold the line and own the libs. It's time for our main event. Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety Program. I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. This is the hardest working crew in all of podcasting. That's right. We never take a day off. We always provide our dear listeners with content. And this this episode is no different. It's going to be a, a very enjoyable Post-Christmas treat for all our listeners. So you recall, for those of you who are listening, uh, we have listened for a while. We've talked about this for a long time. Yeah. But we're actually going to do it today. Yeah. This is usually reserved for the live shows that we've done. But we're going to do a Q&A. And over the last month, all of you have been sending in uh, a bunch of questions, none of which we have reviewed, uh, but it were put together by Wolf. And I, I, I assume Spaghetti had a hand in it. Yeah, so, I mean, I haven't read any of these questions. Everyone seems really excited who has, so there must be some good stuff in here. Yeah. Well, you know, we got the best listeners in the business, and you know that they are very engaged, and I'm confident that some of these questions will, po- like, jab at some of us. I mean, there's... I'm are- assuming none of them are going to be just free <laughs> shot. I, I, this is going to be essentially just a hazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is your take on the recent polls? Yeah. No, nope, uh, this is going to be all violence. I imagine. So I can't wait to get into it. Uh, the way that we have this set up is everybody's got, looks like they're everybody's going to read different questions and we're all going to answer. So I'm kind of excited uh, about what we get. A little nervous. A little nervous. A little nervous. Uh, but it looks like the first one is going to go to Ashbrook. Okay. Well, this first question comes from Rick. And Rick's question is, you often ask guests about which animal they can beat in a fair fight. <laughs> My question involves football and racist stereotypes. Oh, no. oh God. <laughs> I heat out of well, the gate. That's the way to start a show. I heat out of the gate. I, I, ma- I imagine I ma- uh, the ethnicities are probably very specific here. What do you, what do you hear the second part? Who do you think would win in a fight between the Eagles' head of security, Big Dom DeSandro, <laughs> and the Notre Dame leprechaun mascot? Oh, my God. Go. So it's the Irish and the Italians? <laughs> Irish versus the That's Italian. That's like the eternal conflict. Yeah. That's like the story of the city of Boston. Right. <laughs> Smug, what, you want to kick that off? Yeah, you know, I would I would have to say, given their storied history of crime and violence, uh, <laughs> y- you might as well go with Italians. Like, <laughs> like, you know, with the Irish, a lot of it was purpose. Like, the, you know, they're setting off uh, car bombs and such ostensibly because they want to be a free country, you know. <laughs> Still terrible people, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is that, like, Italian violence is without purpose, you know? It's like the weather. It's just going to happen. It's just out there, and everyone's got to deal with it. Well, I, 
I have a practical secondary question. Maybe you can just rule on it because it doesn't appear if that's all you've got uh, that there are uh, ground rules. Mm-hmm. But are other people involved? No, I, I think this has to be a one-on-one situation. And it, are foreign objects allowed? This dude's going to pull a shillelagh. Is you mean legit? like a piano <laughs> wire or a car bomb? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it has to be... Just one-on-one? One-on-one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Big Dom, right? There's just no way that Big Dom doesn't lay a beating on the leprechaun. The leprechauns are small people. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean- They're small lep- people. Leprechauns are also magical. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, this, this is what I'm talking about. This pot of gold on the spot. And okay, just... wait, so uh, you're magical. Give me give me a little flavor for that. I might change my mind. Well, I mean, the Italians are, are brutal <laughs> and violent in the mafia, but that's, that's group fighting. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not. That's why I asked if there were other yeah. people. And and like, look, if you've watched your mafia movies, it's not like you see these Italians squaring up in a fair fight. No, the, I they're mean, stabbing somebody with a pen at the bar, <laughs> or they're leading them through a hallway to their death. Like it isn't squared up fair fighting. You know, Notre Dame leprechaun. They're the fighting Irish. <laughs> it's in the name. But like, is there any other kind? You know, you give two drinks to any Irishman and he's the fighting Irish. <laughs> this is not a, a unique situation. All you're telling me is that the reputation is well earned. Like, <laughs> look, I mean, you know, the Italians. It's not the winning Irish, uh, I might add. It's, <laughs> they, they'll throw down, they'll fight. You know, this guy's had a couple of Jamesons and he's going to get his ass kicked at the bar, but he uh, fights. At least he fights. Well, look, all I'm saying is I saw Big Dom move and I think if he was squaring up with an offensive tackle, it'd be one thing. But leprechauns are fast. <laughs> and I think here... And they do a lot of push-ups and things, so they're not, like, weak. I think speed, oh, point. speed and trickeration ultimately wins the day. Probably a dirty punch below the belt, and Big Dom goes down. Okay. Mm. All right. So we got we have one uh, Italian yep. and one Irish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I just feel like the size, the sheer magnitude yeah. of dom here is going to be decisive i i feel like i hear you with the moving around yeah one lasagna breakfast and this guy's not gonna be able to walk <laughs> <laughs> but he's been conditioned by years of like an extremely high carb diet you know like he's having, spaghe- <laughs> he, he, he's having spaghetti five or six times a day this guy is just like a workhorse you know how is the leprechaun down on his luck I think it doesn't. It, do, it doesn't say. It leaves that to the. I mean, if he's down on his luck, a fighting Irish is really a. That's a rough. That's a rough thing to overcome. But I think in this circumstance, we're talking about the Notre Dame leprechaun, and if we're talking about that, uh, there's not. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of magic, at least not lately. And he seems like a huge size disadvantage to me. I'm going to go with Big Don. How about you, Ashbrook? Who's your pick here? I think there is. No such thing as a fair fight between an Irishman and an Italian. Yeah. I think they'll both bring weapons, and I think that a pot of gold over the head is much better than a cannoli to the eye. Well, it's y- a split decision. <laughs> Here's the thing. If, if, if I think the Irishman wins. It, it comes down to this. You know, honestly, if an Italian and an Irishman fight, you know who wins? Who? Society. Society. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, spaghetti's got it. That's a real rough one for him. Yeah, no, it's an internal <laughs> it's battle. It's a real for civil him. war for him. 
<laughs> it's an eight a fought over eighteen inches between his head and his heart. Yeah. I love that they set us up with that one right out of the gates. It's a good start. It is a good start. All right, Duncan, I think you got the second one. Uh, this one's from Jared. Says hello, ruthless. For the Q and A podcast, I want to know who met who first, and how did the four of you end up creating the jobs you have now? Wow, uh, mm. this is a good one. Very good. Uh, so Ashbrook and I met first, and we have worked together formally since January of two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've solid I mean, partnership. Yeah, yeah, we've been together all the way since then. Uh, we poached our good friend Michael. He was. Uh, working against us yeah it was working against us uh and was very good at what he did and so we had to figure out a way to either steal his stuff or steal him and uh we decided to steal him i mean that's the smartest way to win right yeah yeah so we so we did that and then and then we all met uh basically when you just kind of cold called and said hey you want to come to a happy hour right? yeah so for years pre-covid i used to have these secret happy hours in new york and dc Invite only. No one was allowed to talk about who attended. So everyone could actually, like, be themselves. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, I, that's uh, – I think – did you show up with Duncan? And I, yeah, I so, think it was the whole gang, right? It, it actually, so this, the, whole, the full night is worth exploring. It's incredible. So just to go back to the beginning here, they met in 2007. Yeah. And then 13. I met you guys in 13. And yeah. then this is 2019. I think it's 19. Yeah, it's 19. Yep. So 2019, um, I'm going to Smug's happy hour, and my wife is very, very pregnant at this time. (laughs) And um, my folks had come in. Her due date was at the end of the week, and I think this was like a Tuesday or something. Yeah, it was also, also, wasn't it the night that Allison Lundegren, or no, it was, uh, what's her name, Amy... Uh, Amy McGrath. McGrath yep. announced her candidacy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was the f- 24 hours afterwards in which she flip-flopped on the Supreme Court three right. times and That's we were it. really enjoying making fun of her. Um, my folks were in town and we're sort of on baby watch, right? So, like, you're not trying to do a lot of stuff. I, You know, a lot of, you know, dials spinning in the Duncan home at the time. Um, but, you know, I told my parents, like, hey, I got this one obligation. I got to go and do this happy hour after work can you just like you know take my wife to dinner or whatever and you know i'll be home at nine or whatever so we go to the happy hour hang out with smug um i think we gave you a cocaine mitch shirt yes at the time uh signed by uh mcconnell cocaine mitch himself cocaine mitch himself delivered the product <laughs> and uh and uh yeah i mean that's like how we officially met and then i went home from the happy hour my parents like leave, everything's fine with my wife. And then at like midnight, she's like, oh my God, I'm in labor. <laughs> so, so I didn't get to sleep. You know, I worked all day and then went to this event and then went to the hospital and was there for the next Well, and know, if memory and serves, we had a pretty days. good time. Also, this is, yeah. a, this is a pattern. Like the, the when people meet me, that's probably the best day of their life. Like it'll end up being <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It's a pattern. One way or the other. It's a pattern. <laughs> Wouldn't put it that way, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's how we all met. And then the follow-up to that was Smug and, and Holmes getting together and being like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this thing. And we sort of had this whole parallel thinking that we were doing on our own. I mean, it's the most, un- I, I think it was the most uncanny moment of my life. <laughs> yeah, almost, totally. Where... So I had been thinking and ruminating for a while about 
starting a media company, podcast, you know, that's actually enjoyable to listen to and, and has humor. And it's not like lecturing people and uses satire and jokes. And so like, you know, we had a great time, I hit it off. And yeah. so I was like, let's, you know, I'd love to, I think it was the following day. I yeah. was like, I'd love to drop by your office and chat about an idea. And you're like, sure, it's great. And so I bring up this idea and then you're like, take a look at this. And he, <laughs> across the desk, he slides this PowerPoint describing the exact same idea. We had the same idea. Which is insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it never happens like that. It was very. I mean, I think that was a sign it was meant to be. I was like, "Holy shit!" Well, damn. We knew we had to do it at that point because we had the same idea at the exact same time. And all these years later, we're doing the show, but we're also still doing those day jobs. Yeah, which is like (laughs) something for people to remember when they're like, "Man, why don't you just record every day?" (laughs) (laughs) Maybe someday we will. Maybe someday we will. Maybe we will. But anyway, that's how we all met. And uh, that's a good question, Steve. We appreciate that. Uh, we got, or no, that wasn't Steve, was it? It was uh, Jared. 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 All right. Uh, it looks like the next one randomly from Steve, but it's smug. I don't even know what the question is. So, so this is from Steve. It says, "When the podcast began, you brought in two hundred ninety thousand followers from Twitter, <laughs> which is more than Double Ashbrook, Duncan, and Holmes combined. What an so outrage. what type of exercises do you have to carry?" Those gentlemen on your back each week. Steve in Portland, this is a great <laughs> This is 100% submitted by Smug himself. This is, uh, honestly, Steve in Portland, probably the finest question we're going to get. Oh, my God. It's incredible. You know? Just incredible. And to be honest, so like a while ago, I wanted to get in better shape. I hired a trainer. I got to give him credit. Max, outstanding job. I, I'd say that's who I credit with helping me carry all the weight. Oh, my God. Because it is no, but to be honest, because it, your outstanding physical condition. <laughs> but I mean, to be, I'd say like to be honest, the thing is, I think what sets this show apart from anywhere else is every single person is essentially a subject matter expert, and beyond just being the expert, probably the best person in their field. And so, if you're getting a show with opinions from people like that, you're getting something special. I mean that. It, the unique part about it is, and thank you for that, Smug, but I, I think the unique part about it is we all come at this thing very differently, right? I mean, I was in Republican leadership, so was Smash, but he was in like deeply into the comms world of knowing basically all of the reporters and how news was made in a very changing environment. Duncan was very immersed into the activist grassroots community, very online community. And then Smug, when you came along, it was it was like this entirely different thing right at the moment of maximum impact in that you were not only in tune with the online right, but also had this irreverent sense of humor that matched up with everything that we had done previously. Because, you know, when we ran campaigns and things like that, our, our MO was always that we had to be very funny. Yeah, because if you weren't funny, you weren't captivating anybody's attention. They could get media anywhere, but you had to try to be hilarious. And you were just this naturally hilarious, irreverent personality on the internet who had done like crazy finance things and everything else, and came from a different world and looked at things differently. And the meshing of all of that, I think, on this show, is what you like about it. Because yeah. if we all had the same opinion about everything, that'd be pretty fucking boring. Wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, you know, uh, we get all these really nice five-star reviews. And at the end of the day, I think what folks get from this is 
it's kind of like a friendship simulator because if you're hanging out with us, you know, you're like the fifth buddy having a beer at the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. That, you know, on top of the expertise, it's more fun listening to people talk about important things if you feel like you're just having a drink with them. Yeah, no, no group of real friends agrees on every single thing. And no group of real friends refuses to speak to one another because one guy likes Trump and the other guy likes DeSantis. I mean, it's just right. like that's not how friendship among Republicans works. And I feel like our show is a, a much more realistic view of what your typical crew of Republican buddies is like. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's definitely right. I also just think, look, we don't take ourselves or each other too seriously, and it's what we would choose to do no matter what. Like, we happen to have a microphone in front of our faces. But, like, when we started this, like, we talk about this a lot in the live show. I mean, before we actually started recording, we would just get on Zooms during COVID and bet the ponies mm-hmm. and, uh, and talk shit. Such good shit. times, honestly. Like, uh, I think, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show, but in the live show, folks get to hear this story. of uh, Literally, it was, it was like the Friday <laughs> standing appointment during COVID of everyone's pouring bourbons yeah. at their house on, on uh, Zoom. Watching the, the TVG. horse race channel. The TV, oh, TVG. Placing bets. Getting ready. Shioto Downs. Yeah. yeah. Louisiana Downs. Louisiana. Laurel Hill. Laurel Hill. And occasionally it went late enough for you guys to get into like the weird... Ho- harness racing and Hyderabad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wild. Like, like this is like Ben-Hur. Yeah. The, the, the betting race. It's yeah. so funny. It's so funny. Like the stop start is hilarious because they're all just sort of like doing circles and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It starts with like, you know, you've got your Keenlands and your Churchills yeah. and your Saratogas and yeah. stuff like that. And by the end of it, you're in a bot a bot. No, 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 not a bot. It, it, it is, it is, it is in a, it is in Hyderabad. Hyderabad. It, which, you know, I will say that India might be the closest thing to Rome that we have remaining on this planet. <laughs> 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 but I mean to think like who are the other people on a Friday at like 3 p.m. betting on ponies alongside like yeah. how is there any liquidity in this market what's wrong with you people oh, I mean <laughs> we were we were just like in fits of laughter it was I remember the best. being just in, in paralyzed laughter that's when we knew we had to do something yeah uh, all right question four I guess this one's for me this is from Carlton uh carlton asks fellas everyone knows that capitol hill is a lot like high school with people like you and people uh you don't like to deal with oh that's a fair point for the house and senate uh who are your favorite members to deal with and who are your least favorites that's uh, an interesting question um it, it it is varied right fellas yeah yeah i mean i don't does anybody have an answer right off the top i mean i could i could probably go right off you know the top with if i had to think who's my favorite member to deal with for the house probably mike collins who i mean we had him on very recently very funny extremely down-to-earth person um folks if you have not listened to that interview go back and listen to it because to me this is the exact kind of person you want in office who during COVID had a trucking family business and understands what all americans went through during that time and is a guy from Georgia who everyone listening to the show would hang out with if he weren't a co- member of Congress. Like, if you yeah. were just a dude, which I think is terrific because I love the idea of citizen representation, not just, oh, well, I represent a certain number of citizens. You are one of the citizens, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the, the best way 
to convey in government and be a voice for the people. So who, who do you hate, house. Smug? Who do you hate? In the House? Well, just general. You don't need to be House or Senate specific. Let's get, let's throw one out there. I, I So I want, you know, Republicans to come together. Yeah, but and, I, and let's not. Let's well, there was you, a Florida senator who's been. Uh, I knew he was going to do <laughs> it. He's been a troublemaker and causes a lot of problems. <laughs> and, <you know>? <laughs> and he hasn't been on the show. <laughs> I, I hear he's afraid. And, you know, I mean, if I were that small, I, I understand where fear could come from. Jeez. But, <laughs> but uh, he's probably a nice guy. He probably is. I, probably I, mean, nice I, I, I know him. He is a nice guy. <laughs> he is a nice guy. <laughs> and you probably get along with him great, if not for previous uh, interactions. But, but senators I get along with, I'd say Ted Cruz for sure, which is shocking because I think for the longest time, Ted Cruz had the reputation of being this like, oh, he's extremely smart know-it-all you know like clearly this is a guy who knows the constitution everything like the back of their hand but i think over the past i don't know over like five years he's kind of like let his hair down like, literally grew a beard yeah ted cruz is now like an extremely chill dude who's at the same time still out there combative as hell to the left like especially his work on judiciary yeah is Tremendous! Like this is a guy who, and, and the reason he knew the Constitution so much is it's clear he loves it, and firmly believes in the importance of it and defending it, uh, and also a great person to hang out with. Good dude. There you go, Duncan. What do you got? Hmm. He hates everybody. <laughs> He's like, so I hate. Yeah, I'm sort of a misanthrope, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Look, look, I, there's plenty of people I've got along with, like who've come on the show and stuff who I've, or, you know, who I met in a previous life at some point, I would say like Tim Scott comes to mind. Uh, you know, I first met Tim Scott when he was running for the house mm -hmm. way back in the day. This yeah. is in one of my previous lives when I was upsetting you and working against you. Yeah. That's what you did. <laughs> but I remember meeting Tim Scott. Without remorse, I'm None. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Um, still proud of it. And uh, I met him um, backstage at, at some event we were putting on. And he was just the most down-to-earth guy, you know. And I remember, like, everybody had these, um, you know, T-shirts from the event on. And he's, like, wearing his uh, suit and tie. And he's like, hey, you know, can I get one of those T-shirts? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, like, here you go and he's like just like puts it on over his <laughs> really yeah like over his like you know shirt and tie That's and awesome. he's like i'm wearing this on stage and i'm like okay well cool so great and it's just um a really down-to-earth guy so like you got to respect that especially in a town like this well, where everybody sticks out stick out like that everybody sniffs their own farts yeah um, i was hoping you pick senator kennedy because, I mean, he was a barrel of laughs. He was he very was Dude, that guy is yeah. hilarious. Well, he took very, a personal shot at him. <laughs> totally unfounded. I, mean, I never met the guy. I, I think that might be our wildest segment ever. <laughs> ever. Like, it started. <laughs> and that's how it began. And he was alone. First three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Smash, what do you got? I, uh, you know, I'm from Hamilton, Ohio. So I like the people who are who they are. And um, I, I really like Jim Banks. I really like mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell. I really like Tom Cotton. Uh, I don't like the phonies. I'm not going to go into who I think is a phony here because I would break a lot of news and I would I would betray a lot of confidence. <laughs> oh wow, that's juicy! <laughs> if I if I were to do that, but I, I I like the people who do what it is they say they're going to do, and they're the same person behind the scenes that they are in public. Yeah. Could I ask a spare question for Ashbrook? Bonus question. Mm -hmm. Who's your favorite journal buddy? You have to pick just one. 
I know there's favorite hundreds, journal buddy. But how do we know that that's I will not get, in I, the questions? I, I would get I would get people in trouble if I were, if I were. To <laughs> he do actually would ruin you cannot, their career. You, you, I can't. I can't yeah. do it. They'd never well, be on television. No, they would certainly not <laughs> be on television. Kiss of death for a journal is what I aim for every day on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I look I look at this question very differently than I would have before Ruthless. I think before Ruthless, when you're in a leadership position, like I agree with everything you just said, Ashbrook. There are people who are just sort of authentic. Even when they're against you, you know that they're against you and they explain why. And you, you like there's a comfortability to that. And you don't get a lot of that in Washington. You get a lot of snakes, a lot of people misrepresenting themselves, you know, outright lying in a lot of different ways. And so I, but I think since Ruthless... You also figure out it, not just people who are doing the right thing, but people who, uh, you know, they like you and they like interacting with us and our audience and they like all of that. And I, I look, it sounds self-serving, but I really like people who've put time in to come talk to you, you know, as the audience and they know that it's important audience. I think about somebody like Tom Cotton, who who literally we had USB mics in the side of the computer with no audience to speak of whatsoever. And he felt like, oh, here's a crew that I like and that I think are smart and I can probably help by virtue of showing up. He was our first guest. Incredible. It's so wild. Right. I love that. I'll never forget that yeah. as long as I live. He Same. came to our first live event. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget that as long as I live. That's somebody who I'm just sort of indebted to because of that. I mean, everybody knows my history with McConnell. He's like a family member to me. And I know that that has different connotations in the audience and everything. People take it for what it will. I'm unapologetic about that. It just is what it is. I think that's also very important because like you just said, loyalty is something that is most in demand and least applied in D.C. Yeah, I, I agree. And you got to have it. If you don't have it, you don't trust anyone. You probably shouldn't trust anyone. It's just revolving through staff and revolving through you know, different friend groups that they're making making over the years. I also think about somebody like Wesley Hunt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. That guy Absolute great. ball to hang out with. You know, I that mean, this is a dude who... Uh, He's a leader. Just, just getting started, came in here and decided to go to the mat and comment on everything, do it in a hilarious way, and just show us who he is authentically. And it took all of about three minutes yeah. before we were all sort of best friends as we did it. I mean, there's a reason he's been on like multiple times. Yeah. Because if, if he ever wants to be on, do it. Show up, man. Do it. You got to do Any it. Any day. You got to do it. So I, but in the end, I think my takeaway is this show has provided me much more context to people than I ever imagined mm -hmm. it would. And that we've had a whole bunch of people on who I have had great suspicions or negativity about that in the end I find out that they, you know, they're a lot smarter than I thought they were and they have something to add or something to bring that I didn't totally conceptualize because we're on different sides of either issues or arguments or whatever. And I think that's the thing that stands out the most yeah. if, if, to me. It's it, a great benefit for all of us in doing the show. It really is. You know? It really we're, is. Sometimes we're learning stuff too. I, totally. Yeah. And you know, you know, we know most of these people. We've known them for years. And so you know sort of what gets them going, what what ticks, and we try to get that out as much as we can in interviews and, and have the audience listen to who their authentic self is because you, Lord knows you don't get that on table, cable TV. But in the end, um, there's a lot more good people than there are bad people, certainly that we've had on this show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're a little self-selecting. 
in that regard. Mm -hmm. But I have, we've even taken risks about who it is that we're putting on. And I, I feel like for the vast majority of them, there's something of value right there and if you look at the polls and like how people evaluate congress and everything else and it's like 10 percent, 12 percent, it stands at odds to some of that when you spend time with people and you actually see their thought processes and how they're working through some things i don't think by any stretch of the imagination we're in a great spot but i think there are a lot of really valuable individuals up here that we've had the privilege of encountering and bringing to you on a weekly basis all right uh Great Next question. question. Great question. Next question. Uh, is this Ashbrook? Yes. Yeah, so this one comes from Luis or Lewis. And the question is, hey, guys, I love the program. Thanks for the great insight and hilarious, hilarious commentary. Here are some questions in case you're still looking for any. If you were elected to the House, who would be the members you would sit next to at lunch on your first day? Oh, it's kind of a variation. Okay, that's the first question. Here's the second. We've heard about final meals on a lot of the shows. What would your last words be Ooh. in such a situation? Good, very, good. Very, Dude, this is great. Very tough second question. Third question. If Hank the Tank were to design a human trap to catch you all in the inverse of the banana pool theorem, what would it consist of? Mm. <laughs> great third question. These are really good. Looking forward to the show and, more importantly, winning the war on Christmas. Amen. Cheers, Lewis. Lewis wow. has really thought this through. Wow. Great questions. Should we start with the first? If you were elected mm. to the House, I mean, I guess we get we got yours. Yeah. It'd be like Mike Collins, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and, boy, I, I think three, right? Let's say it's four people at a table. Um Wait, did you say Marjorie Taylor Greene? Absolutely. Yeah, Smug. Really? Smug is Smug's an early early adopter of MTG. And and and, and uh, uh, Claudia Tenney in yep. New York. <laughs> That's a squad. That's like a real squad. That'd be the best table. I don't know what to make of Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm not opposed to what you're saying, but like, you know, there was the initial saying 1.0 Marjorie Taylor Greene that to me was like I don't know what to make of this. And then you had like the 2.0 McCarthy version of Marjorie Taylor Greene. And then now you got like, I don't know, 3.0, which is sort of a fusion of, I don't know what I'm getting. I, I just feel like she's an actual like maverick in the sense of, I think the fact that you don't know where she would land on a specific thing is, is actually telling because, you know, it's not like this person just votes as a block, but it's like, okay, what do I think best represents the interests of my district? It's, I think that's why she's going to keep winning it. It's an interesting, yeah, interesting take. Uh, Dunks. Okay. Uh, who would I sit next to at lunch on my first day? Again, misanthrope. I don't need a ton of company. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Jim Jordan. Uh, because I, I want to see how good of a wrestler he is. Oh, my God. You challenge him? I'd take him down right there. No. Yeah. I, dude, wait, I'm wait, not wait, sure. wait, wait, no, wait, wait. He was a college wrestler. Wait, I, that's what you, I'm saying. You would take him down? Dude, what? this is the best I answer. love you, Honestly, old man. Duncan's like, because I want to fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about winning or losing. It's about t you, testing your mettle. You want to know what they have. And that's what you're going I want to know what the, his setup was. I want to know like what sort of moves he was going to go with. <laughs> Like, is he an ankle pick guy? Is he going to try to put me in a cradle? How's this half Nelson? So, so I went to a school that had like a, a famously good wrestling program, and I can confirm every 
wrestler dude is just like this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know like, what to Like, they'll make be 70 it. years old and on their deathbeds, like, who can I wrestle for the last time? I can keep somebody's ass here. They're like, man, I'm going to put a singlet on and rub myself <laughs> all over. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. It's, I, it's like my number one. <laughs> I think that's a great answer, Duncan. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's take the uh, Ashbrook. Uh, well, here's the thing. I'm from Ohio. I was going to say Jim Jordan. Mm-hmm. He was going to be uh, at the very top of my list. Um, I would. I also. I'd say Wesley Hunt. Yeah. I'd say Jim Banks, but he's about to be in the Senate. But I. I I'm probably Wesley Hunt because he's a good time. Yeah. Jim Jordan because I'd like to hear his perspectives on Ohio and what he's seen in the last few years. Banks is a pretty cool guy. I, that's is. a good pick. But there, there is there's an older guy who's in the house and has seen everything from the time we got here to to what is in front of him today, and it's this guy named Tom Cole. Mm-hmm. And he is one of the deans of the delegation um, in the House. And he is a smart guy who is not on the tip necessarily of every conservative's tongue. But he's a guy who has seen a lot. And, and I, I, like to, I like to spend time with the people who know history and have seen the mm-hmm. most history so that I can sort of pick that up from them. So I'll, I'll add Tom Cole to that list. I like that. I obviously have a much more complex Senate answer to that question than the House. Mm-hmm. But, look, I'd love to sit next to Wesley Hunter. Half the people who come on this show I would love to to sit next to. The, the one guy that just sort of sprung to my mind is Mike Waltz. Oh, yeah. Florida. Great dude. Yeah. Because of what he's seen, right? Because yeah. of his life experience. He's because seen of... Yeah, I mean, this guy is an incredibly decorated hero of this country who also goes to Congress with, it seems to me, like a very squared away view of almost anything. So if I'm here, I assume it's I'm not here to fuck around. If I'm here to fuck around, I got a very different answer to this question. But like, I want to know what that guy knows. Hmm. So that's why I would pick. It's a good answer. That's yeah. why I would pick him. Well, what about the second question here? Uh, we've heard about final meals on the show. What would be your last words in such a situation? I mean, that is a very, very deep question. Last words. Doesn't it? it, it context matters a lot on this deal. Yeah. Doesn't it? I, well, I, I should say so. Yeah. I mean, what is Smug? You got something? So I, I, I think this is like a two-part question. So for me, it's like I've, I've given Foldy instructions that like <laughs> – <laughs> Like, if it hits the fan, like, be sure to cremate me before the libs can get their hands on my body and parade me through the streets, you know? Like, because they, they are itching to do that. They want to they drag my body up and down Pennsylvania Here Avenue. Here are the following five you know things I mean? that hit, you hit, hide. Hit it with their shoes and such. <laughs> so, like, if the libs get to me first, it'd be see you all in hell. And if it's, if it's me and Foldy in the bunker, it's hit the fan, I know, you know, it's time. I'd say, all right. Get the gas, Foldy. <laughs> That's my. Those are my final words. I got it. I got it. Final words. I mean, it's something. What do you? What do you, uh, Duncan? What do you think? I think the situation obviously, you know, determines what yeah. you would do in this situation. Um, if I'm like with my family, like in a hospital bed, I think it's just I love you. Take care of the kids. <laughs> sort of situation <laughs> you know that's just so dark <laughs> <laughs> dark. you know if i like die alone on the floor somewhere 
I don't know. Here I am, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> See ya. What, what, if, what if it's the libs who break into your survival bunker? Like it's it's Biden's. Then it's you'll never take me alive. You'll never. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent answer. I love that. Uh, Smash. I mean, if if we're taking the serious route, the uh, it's obvious. I would you know tell my wife and my girls I love them. They they're my life. Um, nothing else really matters to me. Uh, if if we're being funny, boy, I don't even know. I don't I don't even know what I would say. Uh, you know, some some kind of a goof on the old man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the question you got to be asking yourself is, why am I in the room? <laughs> Maybe it was a little too much goofy. <laughs> got heavy on the goofs. <laughs> one, one too many. One goof over the line. <laughs> what do you? What, what about what about you? Owen? I think it would just be you bastards. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I feel like, you know, no matter what, you're at the end. I mean, I think it was Frank Sinatra's last words were like, I'm losing. Right? <laughs> I'm talking about the ultimate winner throughout his equipment, but he's like, I just I can't keep going. I'm losing. I'd be like, you bastards. I'm not ready to go. I'm not. I don't think I'll ever be ready to go. You know? I feel like that's part of it. Who knows? I don't yeah. Maybe that's my outlook on life. Uh, all right. What's the third part? If Hank the Tank were to design the human trap, that like Ashbrook, you know, his like banana trap I'll for take, the monkeys. Yeah, I'll take this one first because one of our listeners was very funny on Twitter the other night. It was a couple of weeks ago during a Bengals game or something. And he he posted a picture of a pool with a bunch of Cincinnati Bengals jerseys on it. Yeah. And he was like, I got Ashbrook or something, <laughs> something like that. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. So I think I would say a swimming an Olympic sized swimming pool with Cincinnati Bengals jerseys on it. Yeah. That'd get me. I mean, mine would definitely be luring me into some kind of a Vikings event, uh-huh. like a skull event. Oh, well, <laughs> well, I, I know what yours would be. I mean, if I had to catch you, I would put the finest brined and dressed ribs on your grill, and I would put a little snare right there in front. Because you would see those, and you'd be like, those need to be smoked. And like a moth to a flame, you would go there, and I'd catch you in the snare. That and would it, be the end. The end of you. I, you're 100% right. Right. That is, it's better than I could have come up with. You're right. <laughs> That's great. I would be like, let me go smoke. And yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't work. I, I gotta imagine yours is something to do with a fine bourbon. I, that, I mean, yeah. Uh it's barbecue and bourbon. Eastern Carolina vinegar based pulled pork. Mm. <laughs> if you can get some some beans and some mac and cheese, I mean I I could even know it's a trap. And it's still <laughs> worth it. Yeah. <laughs> you just accept it. You're like, well worth it. What are you gonna do? You just see smug wandering in, looking at people and all of a sudden seeing it and being like that, that, that like a robot. Here's my last word. Mop to a See plane. you all now. <laughs> it's time for some barbecue. <laughs> and for me it'd be like if there was like a note on my um island in the kitchen that was like there's like a great podcast you gotta listen to and like there are airpods there and outside was like my lawnmower and a yard that needed to be mowed. Yeah. And if you had all of those things in concert, uh, yeah, you could definitely murder me. (laughs) 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 If I knew I I had two hours of just my favorite thing. (laughs) 
All right, who's got this next one? What are we on here? Is this the, uh, is this six? Yeah, that's Duncan. Okay. This is from Garrett. Hello, gentlemen. My name is Garrett. I am a teacher around Annapolis, Maryland. As if it was not hard enough to be a conservative in the world of education. Thanks, Randy. (laughs) I have been having one of the most challenging times of my life for about six months. I moved to Maryland with my girlfriend, and she almost immediately ended ended things with me. Mm. Yeah, sorry about that. I have no friends in this area because I haven't met many people still. And I was in a dark place for a while. But two things kept me going. One, the hope that things will get better in my life and the country. Two, my four friends that I have known since college, Josh, Smug, Duncan, and John. That's awesome. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I get to drive to work listening to people who I've come to think of as my friends and who make me laugh, think, and have hope. Before you go on to the rest of that, that's how we feel. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. I always thought it was sort of trite when people who had mass broadcasting were basically, you know, continuously referring to their people who listen as family members or whatever until you do it. It's true. Mm-hmm. And then when you do it, it does feel like that. It does. Yeah. It, it really, really does. does. And we get to see them. We go out on different events and you meet these people face to face and it's like, dude, it does. It feels like one big ruthless family. I'm and, so glad. And, se- and selfishly in our own way, like I don't know if I could get through everything in our politics today <laughs> if we didn't get to do this show once a week. So like, yeah. it's a gift to ourselves as well. Totally. Garrett continues, I know uh, that was a bit much for an intro, but I want you guys to know the difference you make, not only politically, but personally for me. Kind. You are not the little program that can, you are the, little, you are the program that has and will continue, it, con- continue to for me. Awesome. I guess I have to uh, ask you guys a question. I have two. Are you all actually friends outside the podcast, or do you secretly hate each other? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, Two, the best person uh, to give me comfort in my dark times was John Ashbrook. He reminds me of my dad for some reason, and he just seems like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Is the voice as nice as he seems? I want to take that second one first. I know there's a little bit more to read. You got you one okay. more sentence here. Thank you for all you guys do. Uh, you make a big difference in my life and others and in the hope for uh, for this country. Keep the faith, hold the line on the lips. Awesome. I yeah. love this for so many reasons. Yeah. Number two, and this is on Ashbrook. The short answer is yes. Mm-hmm. He is what he is. Like you're getting what you, yeah. what you hear is what he is. But there has never been, nor will there ever be, a bigger stone cold killer in politics <laughs> like the iciest of icy serial killer mm-hmm. in politics in terms of oppo and research i, I i've seen him work taking down a, a democrat and it's like horrifying remorseless <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah. remorseless it's like um you know how sharks can smell blood from like several miles away <laughs> It's like Ashbrook will be several weeks away from accomplishing his goal and drive towards it like maniacally (laughs) (laughs) until his target is destroyed. And then on the outside, he's this guy who's got like, he he loves his wife and his his, his little girls. And you'd never expect this guy just like, no, give me the shirt. He's Democrat. Give me the shirt off his back. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me take a little shine off his penny real quick. Okay, please. He is. He is. uh, Garrett, he is absolutely fantastic. The thing that rubs me the wrong way about my <laughs> friend John Ashbrook is, like, I'm a little brother. Oh yeah, this <laughs> is I'm so a, good. I'm a little brother. 
And John Ashbrook is your quintessential big brother <laughs> who like knows how to push your buttons and does so with a sociopathic enjoyment. <laughs> and, and a smile. And a smile on his face <laughs> because he knows it's all goofs. <laughs> and uh, all, and the, all the while, mom is loving the older brother. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Ashbrook, because, be, because I had an older brother, I know this is what John Ashbrook did because this is my, what my brother did to me when we both be in the back of the car. He would do this, smug, uh, turn this way. I'm not touching you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. And then you would go complain to mom, and then mom would be mad at you because she's trying to drive. And then he'd look over at you and he'd smile. <laughs> and as a little brother, I, 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 I have to point that out. That's so good. Well, look, and for the rest of us, no, honestly, the best part about this show is what you see is what you get. Yeah. We would choose to do this day in and day out if we didn't have to we like to joke we like to give each other a hard time which i think is what friends do uh i don't want to know or be with anybody who's sensitive about that and this crew is the opposite of sensitive right. about that right we i mean we tear each other apart on a day-to-day basis but that's what makes it fun mm-hmm. yeah. that's what makes it fun yeah, honestly, like we could record this show if we just brought mics when we're hanging out watching football yeah. oh totally Totally. In fact, there are numerous times when we're just sort of hanging out where halfway through it, it's like this whole conversation felt like an episode. (laughs) (laughs) We We missed out on content, folks. (laughs) (laughs) We do these pre-show meetings where Wolf frequently is like, damn it, I wish we were recording this. (laughs) They were like, yeah, but we would totally be canceled. Yeah. (laughs) All right, next one, Smug. So this is from Matt in Oregon. Question for Mr. Smug. Hello, esteemed gentlemen and Ashbrook. Alrighty, this is off to a great start. I was hoping Mr. Smug could provide us with his definitive list and ranking of the worst airlines in America. This is so good. I know Matt. Yeah. Matt's been in our shows. Yeah. Matt's a good guy. I know exactly where this is coming from. He's setting the bait right now. Ever since he said something along the lines of kids should have to fly in the pen with the rest of the animals, I've wondered which airlines he thinks are the absolute worst. <laughs> Keep up the great work, and I hope you all have a phenomenal and Merry Christmas, even Ashbrook. (laughs) (laughs) Great question. Honestly, very good question. So this is difficult because the thing, the real crisis in America is that all domestic airlines are bad. Like, that's the thing. Is It's a question of, like, there's no good domestic airline, which the context that's even more important is America throughout its entire history has led the world. It's Mm -hmm. the greatest country on earth. If someone wants to become something and accomplish something, it happens in America. You know, it doesn't happen in Europe. Europe's like a dead museum. <laughs> they had their time. Everyone knows it's over. It happens in America. Yeah, at, at our founding, we had the greatest domestic airlines that were that existed. And now, at our founding. Now you look at like there was a time <laughs> where like you know you could. I mean, airline travel used to be designed to be enjoyable mm-hmm. for for the for the passenger. Now it's designed to be affordable for the company, right? So they don't care about the customer whatsoever. <laughs> they, they'll cut any corner. Like, th- what happened to pre- pre-flight drinks? Like, <laughs> you're lucky if you get a pre-flight drink at this point, you know? Like, what happened to actually caring about people? So it's not a hospitality industry anymore. It's essentially moving. It's like a train in the sky. Mm. You know, they're just moving cargo. The worst offender, hands down, has to be Southwest. Though. Like, <laughs> they don't even, to my knowledge, they don't even assign seats, right? It's like, 
it, it's, it, they just open the door and jump away. Even and, Amtrak's is assigned seats now. That's a, uh, there you go. Like it, even yeah. trains have not fallen to the level that Southwest has. <laughs> did, did you notice? Did you notice that the Babylon Bee has taken your uh, position on on Southwest and yeah. has broadcast? Yeah, like six own. months ago, that joke I had about they should just like throw hay on the ground and let the animals in. Sure, I mean they're more than welcome to. I'm happy to inspire <laughs> people as long as it brings the message that Southwest is a zoo in the sky. But <laughs> if your kids don't know how to behave, get on Southwest so that the rest of us don't have to suffer. And then it's like a toss-up because like... What do we call it? One point at the Waffle House in the sky? That's what it is. Because there's going to be a brawl. It, it, it's going to be problems no matter what. Except the food's not great. So, you know, it doesn't even have that going for it. But like, when it comes to Delta, they've given me a runaround. They've treated me very badly. Uh, and American Airlines, it's like... You know, it, 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 like I said, you don't get your pre-flight drink. Everything's vanilla. It's disgusting. Like, the planes aren't cleaned well. I think You're lucky if you take off and land on time. Like, how, how, how messed up is that? Like, well, you buy a plane ticket, and, it, and you're paying these people because they promise, I will pick you up at this time and drop you off here at this time. And who's who, who, can any listener tell me if they've had a flight recently take off and land on time? Well, I mean— I- they have one job. They literally I, have one job. I've had I've had quite a lot do exactly that. But <laughs> recently, yeah, recently, yeah. So hold on, I think number one, like, I think our opinions of air travel are colored by when if you ever travel internationally on an international flight and yeah. you have a, a a much different and better experience, right? It colors your opinion of your domestic yep. air travel. There's plenty of bad domestic air travel in Europe with these foreign carriers. But when we experience those, it's typically on a long haul international flight. And we think, boy, oh boy, Turkish <laughs> Airlines is the best. It's like, well, I'm, there are a lot of domestic flights in Europe that are terrible. Like worse, like, I'm talking like Spirit. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Um, And then, I mean, there is just like, there is the price competition of all of these airlines where they're trying to deliver you the cheapest Whoa, ticket they can. Whoa! Look at this guy. He, no, he's I'm siding I'm saying, with the airline. I'm, I'm saying I'm, what I'm what I'm saying is what I'm saying is what I'm saying is like big plane Duncan. For, look at this. No, big plane. He's in the pockets of big plane. No, I'm not in the pockets of big plane. Trust me, I am not. I'm just telling you if like for like families that travel a couple times a year, like the ticket price is the thing that's most important to them. It's not getting a pre-flight flight beverage, right. right? You know what I mean? It's like they'll stop at now, Hudson we're, News we're, we're, and they'll get a water. We're in a different. You know, we're a different approach. But for on people, some of that. but for people like us who travel more for business and stuff, you notice things like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, for your family who's like they're more price conscious and they just want the cheapest way to get from point A to to B. Now, does that mean that they have to travel like animals? No, but like people sacrifice a lot more for the lower ticket price than you or I. Might. Is it ba- mm-hmm. is it bad that I have I have two entirely different concepts of air travel? Like one is exactly what you're talking about like i would love a luxury recliner with a cigarette yeah <laughs> you know what i mean and, and that like, used to be coach and yeah no no, no i just i like that, I, that's you know clear it all out and that's what i would want to do if i'm like on on business class when i'm traveling with my kids give me the worst give me <laughs> uh, give me the absolute yeah. well, i want expectations to be exactly where they're at you know what i mean like i i'm totally cool right. with sitting you know four abreast in the middle of the fucking plane <laughs> hating every second of it because it for me it's just like white knuckling like all what what, what am i even supposed to do what am i supposed to do with that like little shallow diet coke like when i've got i've got kids on both sides of me you know what i mean like it adds no value to my life no at no, all none, none, so none. uh 
So it's just a little different. I feel like for different travelers, different things are a priority. But, but Southwest, you're not, was, you're not wrong. But you're, Southwest was your answer. Yeah, yeah, hands down, it's got to be the worst. Okay, and like, okay. uh, you know, there's what, what are they called the the green airline. I've never been on Frontier. Front, Frontier. Is it Frontier? Yeah. So like, I don't think those even count as airlines. <laughs> All right, I got this next one. You often mention, oh, it looks like this might be a serious question. Uh, hi, guys, this is from Cheryl. You often mention how contributing directly to a campaign is more powerful than giving to a pack as the candidate gets better for pricing, better pricing for TV ads. I tried to contribute to Hung Kao's campaign online, but it was turned uh, out through WinRed. Oh, we can explain all of this in a second. Uh, is that a pack? I couldn't find any other way to contribute directly to the campaign what is an engaged citizen to do in these cases? This is a great question. Please answer. I'm sure this is a question that uh, many others have run into. Love you all. Thanks for the dose of the twice weekly sanity. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, I feel like we have such a different set of audiences that we talk to on a day-to-day -day basis, and it's always hard to calibrate right. exactly what it is that we're explaining but this is a perfect question that we ought to explain mm -hmm. totally right so michael why don't you take the win red one yeah so democrats for a very long time through this entity called act blue have been kicking our ass in small dollar digital fundraising what act blue is is a conduit pack now what that means in a in a practical sense is like act blue and when read in this example, like have the technology for the payment processing, they store the credit card information and all these sorts of things. The reason why that's important is because it makes for a less, fr you know, friction in the environment uh, of, of donating. If like you have a, an account the, yeah, with the saved Red, payment information, it's like it operates like Amazon. Yeah. Whereas is so you can click on somebody's profile, see their campaign, want to donate it to it and donate to it rather than right. having to reallocate all of the information that the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, requires you to do, which is, a, a, a you know, look, it's a it takes a couple of minutes for sure. Yeah. And you want that frictionless environment for a donor. And so the Republicans sort of tried to match what ActBlue did with WinRed, right? WinRed is the Republican conduit pack. So if you're donating through WinRed on Hung Kao's website, you're donating to Hung Kao. Right. It's not going it's to not win going red. to win red. Win red is just the technology that powers the transaction and the conduit pack that reports it. Um, and and the reason why that's valuable, obviously, is because like the Democrats have kicked our ass and we needed a technology to try to match them. So can I make it even simpler? Yep. Think of win red as a Republican PayPal. Yeah. It all all th their That's job is. is all it does is it makes the the money you want to donate go there electronically. That's, That's right. All it is. Now, it's it's Republican PayPal. Now here's the thing that you want to make sure of, and it's not just with politics, but anything that you're contributing money to, period, online, whether it's nonprofit or political. Read the fine print on the bottom of that, because what we ran into in recent years are a whole bunch of people that use processors for what they call splits. And they'll send an email on behalf of like Donald Trump, for example, that'll say like, if you want Donald Trump to be elected, uh, you know, contribute here. Yeah, contribute to stand with Trump. And then, and then you'll go, if you read the fine print, you'll find out that like 88 or 99% of the contribution doesn't go to Trump at all. Yeah, it's it, going to some candidate in Connecticut who just had a lot of email copy go out. Yeah, it, and some of the worst offenses of this were last cycles National Republican Senatorial Committee, 
where yeah, where none did. of it none of it was going to tr- all of it was going to to the candidate yeah no, it was like it was all going to Trump. It, it, this it presented itself in the form of herschel walker's runoff campaign in georgia i mean it would be going on all cycle but it, but in herschel walker in particular household name if you're serious about politics in a runoff uh context and people would want to contribute to the campaign and 99 percent of it was going to a committee one percent of that proceed in his name was going to herschel walker's campaign like those are the things that you should look at at the bottom before you contribute. Now, like, I if, will say the, the vast majority of this stuff, particularly on WinRed, is completely what you see is what you get. Like going to the candidate's actual website and clicking the WinRed link is how you go. That's how you donate do it. directly. Yeah. It's like if someone had a PayPal on their website, that's it. So, like if you go directly to the candidate you want to donate to, their website, click on the Win, WinRed button. The money goes to them. What I'm talking about is when you get like a text email or, or text email. That's like, hey. Yeah. Like those ones, you definitely want to read the fine print to make sure your money's going where you think think it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Great question. Anyway, great question. Uh, Duncan? Okay. This is from Bill in New Jersey. I'd like the fellas to give an overview of their knowledge of Lord of the Rings. Holy <laughs> cats. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, comic books, etc. I think Duncan has clarified Lord of the Rings lore on uh, different episodes, so think he's read <laughs> the books. Curious to know how <laughs> into these kinds of things everyone is or isn't. I'm curious I'll say, too. Bill I'll say, New Jersey. I guess I'll give the first answer to this. Uh, it is zero for me. <laughs> I had starting lineups and baseball cards, and I watched sports growing up. Uh, on to Duncan. <laughs> and are you, well, are you, are Duncan, you playing in the MLB? Before, well, How'd that work out? Hold on. Before, wait a minute. Before wait a minute. Duncan wait a minute. Answers, You're saying because I had baseball cards, I was supposed to be playing in the MLB? I'm, I'm saying maybe uh, if, if, are you if you read Tolkien, be, you'd be inspired and you'd be in the MLB. Because yeah. you played Dungeons and Dragons. Are you now a dragon? I, I are play, you now like a dungeon? <laughs> I didn't play Dungeons and Dragons, you, but I read Tolkien. That's why I'm a winner. Well, hold on. Hold on. I'll also just piggyback off that, and then we can get the other side of the story. Smash. Um, yeah. I, in addition to baseball cards and sports and, and things like that, I had friends right, uh, right. That's what, that's what. that I communicated with. I liked girls right. uh, growing yeah, up. That's another thing. And that, those were interesting things to me. Um, I liked a lot of the things that I like now. Uh, fantasies. and Continuity of interest. And 16-sided dice uh, did not factor in you know, to the, what it was this, that I was this, concerned This about. question was for, for me. Um, <laughs> and we've spent... Three minutes you projecting onto me who you think I am. <laughs> so let me just clarify things uh, for our audience. Um, no, I have not re- read Lord of the Rings. You never read Tolkien, dude? No, wow. never Dungeons and Dragons. Um, you know, I was really into uh, C.S. Lewis. Um, mm. I read in... Chronicles as, of Narnia. No, 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 as part of... Uh, it's part of like confirmation, um, you know, growing up in church. Uh, Some tape letters. No, someone recommended to me Mere Christianity, yeah. which I, oh, I always found a good book. like a, a really good book. And that was basically my in- entry point into, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. And because I, I never really, you know, I, I played sports, you know, wrestling, lacrosse, uh-huh. soccer, football. Well, you're a little bit of a unicorn. Yeah. Well, um, I will say it's like C.S. Lewis is a great example because yeah. there's a lot of. Christianity 
and I think morality intertwined yeah, into the writing. And Tolkien's the same way, right? And that's and that's why and I, they were they were friends, right? And and that's why I I I do like you know those sorts of things. Sure. Is that was sort of my my entry point into it. But I never read uh, all the Lord of the Rings books, but love the movies. And I think like uh, I will say this reading that is it. it has mor- uh, moral clarity, which I think is a major problem today. Is you know, there are such obvious issues that we face that the left has done an incredible job obfuscating, like the obviousness of when it can come to things like, do we sterilize six-year-olds? You know, like yeah. because there's a lack of moral clarity, and so you know, even the media that we consume now, it's like, oh, we don't know whether this is a good guy or a bad guy. I think you know, Tolkien shows the importance of moral clarity. You yeah. know the right thing to do. And it stresses people who act with morality win. People who act immorally lose. And I think that's an important lesson for everyone to learn. I, I, I think that's really lacking. S- Smug, did you play Dungeons and Dragons? No, Simple question. no but I read the books of uh, Tolkien. Okay. Were you or were you not stuffed into lockers? I wasn't. You were a big man too. Well, here's the thing: is so like yeah, no, he's, that's what he's, I think we've got here. I, this I, is he's a very tall guy. He's a, he's a sturdy individual. It'd be tough two. to shove him into locker. Yeah, but as is Duncan. I mean, that's the right. thing: is it's like I'm, I'm you shocked can't you didn't read it. Tolkien, man. I, I highly no. recommend everyone should read Tolkien. I didn't have any time, dude. I didn't have any time in high school because you know I was I played sports literally year round, and then outside of that, I had travel soccer, and in the summer, I did Olympic development program. I I read so Tolkien I, elementary school. I didn't get to I recommend, do any of you know, it. Yeah, I was busy being Parents rad. Parents grab that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you were a little too rad. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. question 10. This one goes rad. to Ashbrook. Oh, no. It says that I have to answer this. What is this? Okay. What is this mess? I don't, I don't know, but it's from someone named Boss. Oh, my God. Oh, no, 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 This no. is awesome. <laughs> Oh my god! Are, are you kidding me? No, I've I've heard this from people that they think it's really good. Mm-mm. You've heard this from who? Are you kidding? Did you I, write this? this? No, I didn't write this. This is not good. Holmes's skincare routine. <laughs> what on. kind of show is this? People say he's got good skin. I've heard this from girls. What? Well, just read the thing. Read the thing. I'm not sure I want to. Okay, I'll read the thing. Holmes skincare routine? Can we talk about Holmes' skincare routine? <laughs> Can we talk about it? When I first saw him on camera at the Iowa State Fair a couple of years ago, I th- I thought it was kind of just a sweaty fella. Well, I was a sweaty fella. Uh, now I see him on the UB tubies. <laughs> And know that shine is actually the glow of one hell of a pampered face. What's the secret? Cold cream? Moisturizer? Tell us more. How, how did this one get through? Pete, I can't believe here, this Here's is... the key part. The, the, the other three look a bit dull in comparison. <laughs> yeah. Please step it up, fellas. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll take it. So, <laughs> hold on, hold on, so, so I actually Spaghetti, ha- was this you? Did you do this? This is Wolf? No, so I- Unbelievable. I, I actually, I think I have an answer. I think I have an answer on this. You do. Oh, yeah. Dude. Um, Holmes Michael, does- uh, What? You know you always have an answer. I do. <laughs> Mr. Big Brother, <laughs> I do have an answer. Okay, so uh, number one, Holmes, uh, he clearly has some sort of skincare routine. You're, you're answering he my does. skincare routine. He has no, a routine. No, 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 but, 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 but this is the first thing I want to get in because I noticed this when I did Megyn Kelly by myself is the, the one-shot chair mm-hmm. has the best lighting because you're right on top oh so it's the lighting that's doing it it's part it's part of it it's part of it when you're in a one shot can we go to the one shot of holmes so you see how much light there is top from the top down on him Mm -hmm. he looks more tan 
on TV than you do here in person. I, I called have this. You no, have you noticed uh, this? I told Wolf this. I that, was like, that, you gave him the one cam to make him look like a superstar. W- well, he's in the one shot. Hey, you know? Wolf, I, I just want a, a, just a technical question here. Uh, the middle thing, is that not kind of the same as this no, one? No, see, it's, it's totally behind different. us. It's on our backs. It's totally different. It's, it's changed since what he's talking about. Yep, it's rigged. Oh. This is rigged. No, so, it's so rigged. Cur- but currently, in your estimation, it is the same. The best skincare no. routine so, so, is you hire Wolf and he'll rig it. So no, you so, wait. It <laughs> so wait. So so what Wolf is saying, just to be clear, is that what you're watching right now is the same across the board. Mm. No, that's a lie. More fake news. I think it's fake news. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. I think it's fake news. It's incredible. I will tell you what. You can't put anything past the old man. You no, you sure can't. And, I, and, and, and of course, it's that he's got a rigged seat. <laughs> he's got a rigged like seat. So good. Yeah. I love that. It's good. Uh, well, it could be the rigged seat because, to be honest with you, I'm 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 from Minnesota, <laughs> and uh, skincare routines are not like. But you do you do tan well. Your nickname uh, in high school was Homesa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was. It was a, that's a touch racist, I guess. Is it? Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe it feels like it. Probably well, not. But they I did. Oh, so. I do tan well. I yeah. had, you know, I had, it was uh, the Scandinavians that had a little darker complexion. Well, they were the so, ones. If anyone was being racist, it was them. It, well, I it, listen. I, I, I like know. how we get to get a touch of racism in the first and last question. <laughs> 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 Just bookended. <laughs> <laughs> it's just incredible. I don't know how else to explain it, fellas. I don't. Uh, I don't have any special things, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Mm. They say when you grow up as Minnesotan and Scandinavian, you kind of look like uh, Macaulay Culkin until you're uh, like in your fifties, and then you look like Abe Vigoda after that. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I got that reference. So I'm still <laughs> So I'm still. I'm still working on the Macaulay side of things. Yeah. But anyway, fellas, I think we did it. This is the, the Q&A answer. I love that we did this. Yeah. Excellent questions from the Minions. And that's just part one of two. Yeah. We're, we're going to continue. Tons of great questions. Thank you so much to the Minions. Absolute banger of an episode, gentlemen. So until next time, Minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless. 